everybody. This is Austin Ashenbrenner. I'm here with Austin Rabine for this week's episode. So Austin, did uh, is there something you wanted to tell me this week? Yes, there is. Right. Hi, my name is Austin Rabine. I am 31 years old and I am a Taylor Swift fan. Hello, Austin. It's good to, uh, you're in a safe space. Um, Thank you. I just, I really need to get this off my chest. Yeah. I believe that I was at a, like, all-night church event in middle school, the first time I heard teardrops on my guitar, um, and then for the next six or seven years, um, Taylor Swift was probably all I listened to. Okay. Sometimes there was some Carrie Underwood, <laughs> maybe a little Colby Calais. But um, it was really Taylor Swift. I, I had a lot of drama classes in high school, and a frequent assignment was to perform a lip sync. So there were many days that I, I curled my long blonde hair, I wore some, some flowy shirts, and uh, walked around school barefoot, pretending to be Taylor Swift for uh, these very important assignments. And... Um, and then in college, I, uh, I, I put it away. Okay. Put away the childish things of youth and decided Taylor Swift is poppy, is uh, too popular. I like indie music. I like singer-songwriter. I like folk. And then uh, recently, she I... She got you, didn't she? I, I, I came out of the closet. <laughs> I started telling people I was a Taylor Swift fan again. I didn't pretend it wasn't true. And I, I, I went all in. She pulled you back in. Yeah. She did. And I think that that is... Amazing. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Well, I have good news for you. One, like I said, you're in a safe space. And two, you are not alone. These are powerful words. You are not alone. Actually, um, you're really not alone. You and several hundred million of your uh, closest Swifties are all experiencing a bit of a cultural moment. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right, is um, Taylor Swift and uh, through the lens of belonging and, and what we are experiencing um, in this cultural moment, the way you've just very perfectly and autobiographically laid out your relationship with, with Taylor. Uh, I love that we talk about her like she's just the third person sitting in the room. Um, it's part, part of the magic. It's part of the magic. Part of the magic. And, it, and it's helpful to, for, I think, a lot of people to recognize or, or to learn, like, this is not just an overnight success. This is not something that is new. Taylor Swift is, has been some uh, an, a recording artist that people have loved for years. Uh, but there's something about her, whether, the, whether it's her music or her persona, her recent gigantic concert uh, uh, tour, the Eras tour that um, literally reshaped the American economy as it would blow through cities, um, that is is really hitting a nerve, is really uh, doing something unique. And, and we could have, perhaps if we recorded this podcast 20 or 30 years ago, uh, we would have been ahead of our time, but we would be talking about U2 or, or, or other acts. My point is, there are always cultural moments like this and artists like this, but what is it right now that's going on um, that is that is the phenomenon of Taylor Swift and 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 what people are getting caught up in? Because um, as somebody who can, my story is that Taylor Swift is very much a part of my household 
and um, you know, my my daughter and my wife are big fans of her music. I would admit to being a fan of her music, but it goes beyond just listening to her music. People are just infatuated. I read something today like uh, Taylor Swift, because of the passion of her fan base, has all of these like new records, like most downloaded album. Uh, at one point, her newest album held one through 10 on the Billboard Top 100 songs list. So like no one's ever done that before, 10 songs in a row. So anyway, I don't need to lay out all of these records. Let me just say in a nutshell, Taylor Swift is a big deal. Uh, so why is this? Like what's, what do you think is is going on? What do you think is is hitting a little bit deeper than, oh, I like her music? I think it's, the way in which she's navigated the industry that is really impressive to people. I think the way that she has, uh, you know, she says this in her documentary that um, female artists have to reinvent themselves mm-hmm. at a much higher rate than male artists do, and she has done that with just about every single one of her albums. Um, I think she won the pandemic. Like <laughs> everyone is <laughs> sitting at home trying to get out of bed one day after another, and she's like, "I'm going to secretly drop three albums." And was then it, I thought it was two. It was three I albums. I don't know. It's hard it to a, keep track. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. And then just continue to re-release everything she's ever done with extra music on it, which is, um, it's nostalgic for people like me who were growing up at the time when those were coming out for the first time, but it is it is pulling in all the, the younger generation who are hearing these things for the first time and continue to resonate mm-hmm. with what it is that she's putting out. Um, I think she went from a sweet country music star that was uh, easy to dismiss um, to an incredible role model because of the way that she stood up to herself, because of the way that she constantly dealt with um, criticism and bullying and um, the way that she has been really open um, with her own story about like things that she's gone through and um, she really just does feel like everyone's best friend, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. she doesn't feel like she needs to hide anything about who she is. Um, she feels like she can be open with the world about it because she has nothing to be ashamed of. I'm thinking about the way that she has um, dealt with body image and, and, and eating disorders early on when she was trying to fit into what a, um, a female star is supposed to look like and the way that she got through that. And so, People that have been following her, people that have been her fans, young girls, are, are watching her um, deal with the pressures and then also come out on the other side of them mm-hmm. and then become someone who speaks into it. Um, so let me let me jump in because you said something that, that I want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit further. You said she's, she's like everybody's friend. Um, and there's something about like that... Again, Taylor Swift is phenomenal. I I want no Swifties to come at me after this episode, so I'm going to say that over and over. But there's something about uh, that she feels like everybody's friend that is um, what's happening right now with this idea of belonging. And and what we're talking about when we say belonging is that millions of of Taylor Swift fans, Swifties, are uh, making friendship bracelets for each other because apparently that's mm-hmm. a thing at her concerts. They're connecting on online forums and 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 there's just a general sense of of community amongst you know. And it's so wholesome. Right. And it's so, so wholesome. And 
it's transcendent, right? Like it, you were talking about this and I want you to say more. It, it's wholesome. Uh, there's no sense of like, it's us against the world. It really is kind of a, Hey, we're all in this together, but it, it moves across, uh, age boundaries, uh, ideo- political ideology boundaries, geographic boundaries. Like it's not like only people in Seattle can like Taylor Swift or Alabama or, you know, whatever. So, she is a rural phenomenon. Yes. She is an urban phenomenon. She is a millennial phenomenon. She is a whatever generation we're on, Z, X, I don't know. And so, so middle school. <laughs> so what I want to focus on is like more so than like she's amazing that she can do that. Why do you think that like what is it about the the ground that is primed for for that? Like I love your wholesome take because like I think we're desperate for something true and and wholesome that we can all get together and enjoy together like carefree we don't have to think about it too hard we don't have to fight about it we don't have to you know like it's just it it's good and we can all enjoy it together right like whereas i can't think of honestly i'd be hard pressed to think of two other things like that right now in Mm -hmm. in our world Mm -hmm. what do you think about that I'm, I'm thinking about the New York Times uh, article I read maybe a month ago. It was uh, a woman in maybe 30, in her 30s or 40s bringing her teenage son to uh, an era's concert and talked about the section they were sitting in and each of the different people that were in their section that really shouldn't have all had this one thing in common mm-hmm. and telling stories about each person. But one thing she mentioned uh, was the way that Taylor was capturing the... Um, the feeling of dancing around your bedroom with your singing into your hairbrush. This um, You've all done it. Which is such don't a wholesome judge. thing yeah. that usually is something that we don't let other people into yep. unless it's like the people we really trust at a sleepover in high school. Right. But something about the, the way that she lets herself be herself, hmm. I think, invites other people out of this like isolationist imposter syndrome culture that we're in where we feel like we have to keep all of all of ourselves together and, and look in a certain way and we we can't be open with the people around us and like that's yeah. one of the the biggest things that creates isolation right and, and is right. the the enemy of belonging is feeling like you can be yourself unashamedly and i think that is one of the things that she embodies um hmm. the most and especially for for young women and yeah. I'm curious how uh, the cultural shifts of gender dynamics have allowed for this to be a, a Taylor Swift moment. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and and so people are are finding that connection with people who who don't look like them or or think like them or or live in the same place as them, and 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 they're they're able to. To build those connections, that's one of the things I'm looking at this going, gosh, if, if anything's stuck, if anything's stuck around, I, I would hope there's a a sense of people being able to look at this and go, hey, it is possible. Like, you know, even if it's even if you are one of the rare people in the world that don't doesn't like Taylor Swift music, you know, to see like, hey, commonality uh, connection is possible. Um, when you and I were talking about this earlier, I, I was asking you kind of a, a terribly stuffy kind of question about <laughs> um, is there is there a place here to critique this kind of picture of community that, you know, it's it's pretty fluffy. It doesn't uh, ask a whole lot of us. Um, 
but I liked your 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 counter to that, which I think is really important. I, I don't I don't want to be in that place of of cynicism and saying, hey, there's something off about this because I think there is something really wholesome and and true. And 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 you were saying it's, it's I'll, I'll let you say it, but you know about um, rather than evaluating it, it's just something uh, yeah. that that we experience. So it's, go there for us. Yeah. Uh, well, one of my favorite podcasts oh. other than this one wait sorry, yeah there, there are second, other ones second favorite podcast is a podcast called uh i can say another podcast name yeah, this, right uh-huh. harry potter and the sacred text Love and it. it treats harry potter i've seen that podcast live oh it's wonderful yeah. it's my favorite um maybe 10 years in and i've listened to every episode yeah um but they treat harry potter as if it's a sacred text not saying that jk rowling is a prophet not saying that there is something innate about the books that is magical or spiritual, but saying that the way that they read these books um, in community where uh, these books have been meaningful to a lot of people, it's a, it's a common ground thing. And um, it's, it's the process of reading that together and reading it in a way that hopefully makes us become more loving. Hmm. That, that yep. this is how they, they take something that is very common, that um, is um, low entry point, crosses a lot of demographics and they say this is going to be our our center point for how we build community amongst each other and and how we we form this group of people that desires to learn and grow together um so i think that seeing the way the, the the wide reachingness of of taylor swift's fan base right now seems like an amazing opportunity for people to connect no matter what it is that they're seeing in her, whether they're finding similar things or not, it's something that like, you know, when I'm with my middle schoolers, who are, I'm a youth pastor, if you didn't know, um, <laughs> when I'm in the middle schoolers who are all talking about TikTok, I'm not on TikTok. I don't want to be on TikTok, right. even if it would help me connect with them. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to talk about that with them, but we are going to talk about Taylor Swift together and yeah. I'm going to find out what they like about it and I'm going to tell them what I like about it and um, a certain song we, we used the song karma is my boyfriend to talk about the difference between karma and grace yeah the song is not about grace the song is about how karma has been good to taylor swift because she has put good things into the world we're not talking about what taylor swift thinks about karma we're talking about the way that this idea which is something that we've all heard through the songs um can be a way that we discuss grace um, so I don't think it has to do with whether or not we agree or disagree right. with Taylor Swift or think Taylor Swift's a prophet. I think it would be a problem to put her on too high of a pedestal, but to to take in what it is, to, to pay attention to what it is that is attractive in her and in her music in order to get to know each other better. Yeah. I think I'd always, and this is a product of, of some of my upbringing, you know, I was trained to kind of think critically about like, well, you know, that's good, but it's not quite what, you know, what Jesus would want um, for for community, for us, you know, together. But then as you're describing it, to, to be able to look at it and not evaluate it, to not say, oh, this is good or it's or it's an eight, not a 10, but rather to say, in what ways is this, um, yeah, providing space where people can feel uh safe where people can feel connection with each other because in any situation where that's happening there is the possibility for greater sense of 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 connection or or attention as you're describing Mm -hmm. like having these conversations with students about things using these songs as a jumping off point or or just as an an entry point into the lives of students i mean i i find that with with 
my own kids, you know, that there's um, things that we can connect on or talk about that, that we wouldn't otherwise be able to or, or would feel more forced or, or awkward. Um, so, yeah, I love that. We don't have to pick apart the, the world of Taylor Swift to be able to say, oh, this is why it's working or what's good, but rather to just kind of sit back and say, wow, this tells us something profound, I think, about what the needs are in our world right now, that there is a need, a, a hope, a longing for for connection. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a much more beautiful and, and um, generous yeah. view of it than Rather to say, is she worth all the attention? We can, right. we can take all that attention and 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 use it for our own community building and, and relationships and belonging. Um, now that I'm thinking more about Grace, now that I was mentioning the yeah. the song, Keep going. Um, Karma is my boyfriend. And while that song and maybe some others of her songs don't have a strong theological message of grace, I think one of the things that she does embody is grace for herself, which is why she can make fun of herself. Mm. She can change the lyrics to one of her songs. Um, have you heard about this? Uh, one of the songs sh- she wrote was uh, saying that, um, I think it was one of the ones that was supposed to be about Joe Jonas and and then Camilla Bell started dating Joe Jonas after Taylor Swift and uh-huh. says that um, she's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress, but she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress. Uh-huh. And she got criticism for that. So when she re-released the song recently, she changed the lyric um, to... Um, Something like being drawn like a moth to the flame. Um, hmm. But she took off the, the part that was... Offen- quote, um, unquote, offensive. Well, slut-shaming, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I love that she is open to being wrong. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, the whole point of the Eras Tour is that you can come in whatever era you're in right now. Interesting. And you can be fully in that era. Uh, Taylor Swift is is re-releasing old music that she's not embarrassed of. She's not saying, oh, well, that was 15-year-old me. What an idiot. She's no, saying, well, that was my... Teenage era. Teenage era. That was my 15 era. That was yeah. my Speak Now era. Um, and one of the basic ethics of that, that concert series is that all of these eras that we go through make us who we are and are part of us in ways that we shouldn't um, be jettisoning off or yeah. embarrassed of. And um, I think that that freedom to let yourself be all these different versions of yourself and all these different times. And you only, you only know what you knew then. Right. Right. Um, I think she has a, an incredible amount of self grace that is really attractive in a, a, a social era when people are feeling a lot of anxiety and depression yeah. and a lot of insecurity around who they are because belonging has dropped especially through the pandemic in middle school and high school when we define ourselves by our friend group when you don't have that you it's easy to think terrible things about yourself right. um because of the lack of connection and she is giving people a, a voice that says you are completely free to be exactly who you are just like i let like myself I be yeah I lo- you said something about um people asking the question is is she worth all of this attention and and i think again that there there's a lot she seems to be, even though she's in the midst of this cultural moment where I think you could almost say she can do no wrong. I mean, she's 
She can single-handedly change the ratings of an NFL football game. She can, you know, change. She can get Travis Kelsey a job. He wasn't even a football player before <laughs> apparently, her, right? Apparently she put him on the map. She put him and, on the map. And now you've just made every football <laughs> fan, myself included, sad and angry. Uh, uh, yes, I mean, her, her dating life, you know, changes. But he was a basketball player. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so, like, everything about her is is under scrutiny, and, and so people will ask that question. And it just strikes me as, um, at least for for this moment, such a misguided question to say, you know, is she worth it? Is it, because this isn't, it is about her. Cause as you've described in detail, she's, there's a lot about her that, that is worth learning from and paying attention to, but it's also about what it's doing to us. And, and in, you know, the, the, the culture at large and, and, and the people who are needing that sense of connection, right? And in some ways, back to your Harry Potter as sacred text idea, there is a little bit of Taylor Swift as sacred text here where it's like, mm-hmm. it's not so much just about what the song lyrics say or what happens. It's about what are we doing with that material, right? Yeah. Like how is that creating meaning amongst us? And so, yeah, we can, you know, people will like to take shots at Taylor Swift because of whatever reason, maybe they're just cranky that day. Uh, but there's something that is okay, unde- Kanye. Yeah, exactly. There's something undeniable and and important for us to pay attention to about I think what is happening amongst us. And when I say us, I mean you know largely her fans, but really mm-hmm. kind of culture at at large right now is is there something that is stirring in people um, around these ideas of as you just described. We want to know that there's a place where we are. Uh, allowed to be ourselves, where we yeah. are able to connect with others, and and that I think, and the, the is more so she big. is herself, she is like yeah. scrutiny resistant because <laughs> the more people scrutinize her, the more she laughs at them. The right. more we pay attention to her, the more she is fully herself. It's sort of like um, she inverts this idea that you have to um, act for the camera. Kind of yes, yeah. yes, and it just makes us want to look at her more. <laughs> um, and that is something that I think, especially young girls, should be noticing um, that the world wants to pay attention to people who feel free to be themselves rather than people who are fitting into a certain image. Um, I like it. I also, I mean, we know, do we know? Do we? um, Why she's re-releasing all her music. Oh, yes, because they were purchased by an old producer that was... Basically robbing her, and so she's re-releasing them so that she now owns Her music them. was sold to this guy who had already been a bully to her yeah. in many different ways. I think he had a relationship with Kanye um, at some point when Kanye was pushing her off the stage or saying, Beyonce should have gotten this award. We all we, we all know what happened there, correct? Sorry, I don't know the, the name of the person that it was sold to. Because he's not important anymore. <laughs> uh, I think Taylor Swift is exactly the kind of person that people should have been able to take advantage of in the industry that she was in. Mm. And so they tried. They uh, tried to take her music from her. They tried to do all these things that she didn't have power over. And she said, no, you don't. Absolutely, you do not have, have power over mm. over me in this way. And um, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking a lot of like current models of femininity and um, the way women who are bosses need to be need to act in, in the business world or the the, the musical industry mm-hmm. um, I have encountered a lot of uh, my female friends who said the most like 
toxic masculinity that they've experienced in work environments have from like been have been from like middle-aged female bosses Hmm. um because you have to participate in in the the leadership roles in the the only way you can which is masculine and she is saying i can be young and cute and feminine and joke around and take nothing seriously and still be the boss and gonna let you walk all over them um and i think that's awesome commendable so (laughs) This is an impossible question to answer, but just as we wrap up, what do you think comes next? Like where does, you know, and I don't, I'm not, again, I don't mean to sound dismissive. I'm not so much concerned about the arc of Taylor Swift's career. (laughs) I think she'll be okay. Um, I don't think her and Travis Kelsey are going to (laughs) laugh. Oh, that was a hot take. Um, And one that I'm not going to wade into (laughs) because I will get in trouble. But um, She doesn't need a man. Where does this, this... This this yearning for connection, this the 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 community of this the Swifty or whatever. Where do you think um, it's possible this fizzles as as her as she you know decreases her presence in the limelight, or it's possible this continues to some of this continues to linger for for young people or or people of all ages. What what do you think will be the um, the contribution of, mm-hmm. of Taylor Swift to, to kind of this, this conversation long-term? Well, as far as her career goes, which is not what you asked, um, I think that her music is going to continue to emotionally mature with her, as mm-hmm. it has done for the past 15 years. Um, and I think that is going to be a useful model for people of my generation that grew up with her, for uh, people of the next generation that are in middle school going to the movie theater and dancing at the era's uh, screening and, and trading bracelets with it, which is just the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, I hope that that people can relate um, across the the cultures that have been um, slowly forming and separating in in America. Um, I hope that you know liberal conservative rural urban i hope that there's there's more room for for interaction here i don't know where that would come from um but i i think it could happen yeah well and i think that if 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 i can be so bold as to have the last word and 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 give us an encouragement today actually i'll give you the last word but is to say you know for those of us out here and i know whoever's listening to our podcast is likely not um you know Taylor Swift's target demographic. Um, but I, my encouragement in this, and if you were listening to the previous episode on silent walking, is, is similar, which is um, resist the urge to be cynical or to, to mock you know, what is in front of us and to say, oh, I don't like her music, or, or I do, whatever. Um, and instead, pay attention to um, the longing or the 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 hunger that is being expressed in uh, what we're witnessing in in this cultural moment or or in any for that matter if it's something different in a month from now uh, the exercise will still be the same what is it that we're that we're paying attention to what what longing is being expressed here because I think in that there's there's something beautiful for us to to be able to to give witness to and to be able to celebrate so um, 
I am I'm grateful that Austin you shared your uh, your Taylor Swift confession today anything anything you want to say before we finish up yeah just one last thing my name is Austin Rabine I'm 31 years old I am a Taylor Swift fan and I don't think that's gonna stop there you have it and we're we're grateful for your Taylor Swift fandom and we support you um, thank you again everybody for joining us this I almost said this week, but I, I guess we do this every every couple weeks. Uh, we'll be back again soon with uh, hot takes about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and other cultural moments like that as we continue to learn and uh, grow together. Thanks again for being with us and have a great rest of your week.